You are listening to Marquette University's COVID Convos podcast. In each episode, representatives from Marquette's STEM and humanities communities will bring you insights into the pandemic that you may be missing. Marquette University is located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The traditional lands of Potawatomi, Ho-Chunk, and Menominee peoples along the southwest shores of Michigami, North America's largest system of freshwater lakes, where the Milwaukee, Menominee, and Kinnikinnick rivers meet and the people of Wisconsin's sovereign Anishabe, Ho-Chunk, Menominee, Oneida, and Mohican nations remain present. Hello and welcome to this episode of COVID Conversations Season 2. I'm Dr. Brittany Pladek, Assistant Professor in the English Department here at Marquette. Joining me today are Georgia Wall, Maggie Thompson, and Jonathan White. They are Marquette students who are going to be talking today about COVID messaging, specifically what it has been like to experience the deluge of information and the changing messages about COVID as an undergraduate student. Georgia, Maggie, and Jonathan, could each of you introduce yourselves briefly? Yeah, hi everybody. My name is Georgia Wall. I am a sophomore here at Marquette. I'm majoring in nursing, minoring in Spanish. I am from California and I am really happy to be here and be able to indulge more in conversation about COVID. Hi everyone, I'm Maggie. I'm a biomedical science major with a PA track and I'm from Illinois, so not too far from here. And that's pretty much it. (laughs) Hi, my name is Jonathan White. I am a sophomore with a major in civil engineering and a minor in history. And I'm also from Wisconsin, so if you need anything, just contact me. Like if you want to know anything about Milwaukee and that type of stuff, because I'm from this area. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, all three of you. And just for full disclosure, I do want to let the audience know that all three of these students I know because they were in one of my classes last term, a core 19... 29 class uh, that actually focused around the issue of COVID. So they thought a good deal about today's topic. So let's just jump right into some questions. So maybe I'll just start by asking for each of you, what was the most memorable bit of COVID messaging that you've seen in the last 10 months or so? And and why was it memorable? And memorable here can be good, but it also can be bad. Okay, I'll start. And I think the most memorable thing I have seen was on Facebook, actually. It was this video for uh, Andrew Cuomo, and it was Paul Rudd acting like a millennial and he's basically like, it's cool to wear a mask, guys, like playing football and like being goofy. Like that was so cute. And I like remember that so well because he's just like, hey, like, let's be cool about it. Like, who cares about the celebrities? Like, who are they when he is one? It was like ironic. But I don't know. I think that was like fun. And they made it seem like, OK, like wearing a mask is cool. Like we should all be doing this besides the whole like you know, everyone wear a mask, all the data, all of this, you know, it was just more of like, let's all be in this together and like very fun. I really liked that. Yeah, for me, I think it there was no specific advertisement or messaging or anything, but it just was the overall fact that a lot of people started creating things and putting masks on them. So I remember like walking around during Christmas time, looking at decorations and things had masks on it. The same thing here at Marquette, we have Father Marquette and people have, you know, the Marquette signs is Father Marquette says wear a mask and it's an image of him wearing a mask. So I think it's interesting to see that they have taken these important figures in people's lives and been like, they're wearing a mask, so you should also wear a mask. And I also think that a lot of the COVID messaging 
and advertisements and whatnot that I've seen about it um, have been related to the United States specifically. A lot of, you know, we are united, we need to do this and come together for it. And we analyze that a lot in class as well, the different tactics that they use to represent the United States within their message. What I found most memorable about the COVID messaging was that, I know I'm going to go on the fly, so... What I found most memorable was just like all of like, I just know Wisconsin Department of Health has been doing like a lot of posters, a lot of like news articles, like on Facebook and stuff. And like, they were like telling you to like mask up, socially distance. For me, I mostly like, usually like the scientific terms and facts, especially because I'm more scientific minded. So for me, it was mostly just like um, data sets and all that type of stuff. So I know for sure that I'm able to and able to protect myself and others in that sort of way because knowing how infectious and how bad it is for older people, especially older relatives, that's really how I, the most memorable portion of this experience. Thanks, guys. And I just I want to ask a follow up question because the the variety in your answers really interests me. Um, and so I was compelled by so both Maggie and Georgia, you pointed to kind of the creativity of the mask wearing, I guess, messaging as something that helped made it more, make it more memorable for you. Whereas Jonathan, you pointed to sort of facts and figures. Um, what do you feel? Can you talk a little bit, can you dig a little bit more into, uh, so Maggie and Georgia, why the creative approaches are the ones that stuck with you? And Jonathan, were there specific ways in which creativity helped make that science more accessible? Or did you just see facts and figures and think, oh, yes, this is scientific. This is what I need to follow. I would say for me, it was the like originality of the content. Like it was so much more like wow, like this is so different than the just facts, the like numbers that's like brings you down so much. Like the fact that they're like, hey, like we can do it and it's, we're going to get there, you know, that is what gra- drags my attention and brings me to like, oh, I really like this or I appreciate this. This is going to be OK. Yeah, piggybacking off Maggie, it was just, yeah, the the originality of the creativity, because I think with COVID, it's something that obviously we have very little knowledge on. It's obviously something that it happened and we were all confused and, you know, this was something new. So instead of using an advertisement strategy or messaging strategy that, you know, has been used before and repeated, they needed to come out with something new to grab your attention. And so, you know, you could, you can do simple facts and, and figures. And for some people like Johnson, you know, maybe that stands out. But I think for a lot of people, it just is tiring to constantly see the exact same things to constantly be like, okay, here's a new figure. So even, you know, just the variety of authentic and important figures that people use and the authority that people use wearing masks um, was just exciting to see like okay who would they choose for this person you know like Marquette chose Father Marquette you know who would UW Madison choose or something like that so yeah just piggybacking off Maggie it definitely was just the originality and something that stood out among if you were to put you know COVID messaging together the creative ones would probably ones that stand out just because they're just more vibrant and lively also because COVID has you know I think has a lot of mental health issues for a lot of people and definitely has, you know, we've taken advantage of outside time. We've taken advantage of being able to hug one another, just little things. So seeing those little glimmers of the little glimpse of hope and the the bright colors, you know, things that are going to draw you in just brings that little bit of joy, I think has also been uh, really important. 
mostly for me, I use my way of thinking is usually very analytical, logical. Like I want the facts. I want to make sure that I know what's going on and what I need to do. And so if it, there's like signs that say like wear a mask, it's proven to to do this, this, and this, and also like and all that stuff and like the percentages and how like if you do this certain thing, it you're you're most likely not going to catch it. So it's sort of like oh, if I follow these instructions, I won't get COVID and I'll be good. And like, and so far in these past 10 months, it's worked really well for me because I know for sure I haven't even had a cold. And <laughs> so, and mostly for me, it's, I am a very analytical, very logic-based thinking. And when I, when I want to see things, I usually try to look at the facts and what's, well, like, I just know that with uh, COVID, the facts change daily. So, like, for me, I always have to try to, like, update myself with the new information that keeps on coming out. Because I remember in the beginning, the, the quarantine was, like, 14 days, and it, like, changed to, like, 10 days. And I'm like, oh, okay. But um, those are experts, and they know really, the, they, they're experts in their field for a reason. They've done all this research and stuff. And I said, so, and that's what uh, how I think of it. And that's actually a great segue to another issue that I feel is integrally related to COVID messaging, which is not just what information sticks and how the messaging get through, gets through to us, but also what sources we feel are reliable sources of information. So the next question I want to ask all of you guys is, from what sources do you feel you learned the most about COVID? How reliable or accurate or trustworthy did that information feel? So I spent a lot of my time actually on the CDC website. I always had like a tab up with the COVID page just because I I have a, not a problem, but I just, you know, I was on social media and it's like all these different things that are posting and everybody's throwing, you know, a fit because they're like, well, this says 10 days and why would I quarantine if I was exposed for 14 days? And there's so many things that people didn't know. And, and again, COVID is something that is very new to us. And so I would like to, I like to go straight to the source. And so I had the CDC page up and, you know, I would kind of do my research on that. But I also had found that I had friends and, and family and whatnot that would post similar topic of the COVID messaging, but a lot of like the trendy things. So there was like a Johns Hopkins School of Public Health, I think it was, created a video about it. And so it was like a constant reminder that this is what you should be doing. And then in order to get the information as to why you should be wearing a mask, why you should be social distancing, why you should be not touching people and, you know, going to parties and spreading this virus. And then I would go to the CDC directly just because I found that if I want something that's accurate information, I would go straight to the source. No offense to news anchors, no offense to people that work in the media, but they're not doctors. They don't have, and you know, that, that knowledge, they don't have that experience, which is fine, but I just don't feel like they're necessarily like qualified to be speaking on the matter. So that's why I chose to just go to the CDC because I knew that these were healthcare professionals and that their job was literally to research COVID. And so that's, I think, where I got most of my information. I would have to disagree just a little bit because my like favorite time of the day is when Sanjay Gupta, Dr. Sanjay Gupta comes on and talks with Anderson Cooper about everything that's going on. He is so great. I'm like 
in love with him. Every time he would come on, my mom would be like, Maggie, he's on. You've got to come watch it. And I'd be like, oh, I'm coming. <laughs> like, he's great. Like, I totally agree. The CDC all the way. But like, you know, you got to have those little doctors on the media showing you what's up, but in a fun way. You know, he's very fun. He does his thing. He loves his daughters. I love it. He's great. But Dr. Fauci, too, like, they're both great i remember people were in love with him too (laughs) that was interesting the like young dr fauci pictures that was funny but yeah you know scientists doctors the cdc all of that stuff is seems so reliable because it is you know they know what's happening they've seen it they're there you know they've gone through stuff before so i just trust them so much like they're the best Mostly for me, I would also like say I look at to the CDC and medical experts, Dr. Fauci, all of those others, because I actually trust their sources because they're like the experts that like have done decades and research into these sort of topics because they actually know what they're talking about, not just some random Karen on Facebook who does who does nursing part-time. No, I don't trust them. I trust the people that do like that do like medical research at like universities and like all those things and the CDC because they at the CDC they they are trained to help detect and track and treat these diseases. And I trust those sources way more and medical experts, Dr. Fauci, all that stuff, way more than anyone else because they know what they're talking about. Thanks, guys. I actually, I want to ask a different follow-up question than the one I had planned to ask you guys, because all three of you, I'm hearing a similar theme of you want to go straight to the source, and because Sanjay Gupta is also a doctor. I mean, he's a doctor on the media, but still a doctor. And all three of you expressed a sort of distrust of sources that were second or third hand. And I believe, I think it was either Georgia or Maggie in particular had mentioned how social media felt like it was was a place that you had to pull back from. And so I wanted to ask you guys specifically, what has your relationship with the messaging, the COVID messaging on social media been like during the pandemic? And social media here can mean anything from Instagram to, I don't even know if you guys use Facebook, from Instagram to whatever you are all using because I am a decade and change older. For me, it's Twitter, but I don't know what it would be for you guys. I actually don't have social media anymore. I mean, I have accounts, but I don't have the actual apps on my phone for various reasons. But at the beginning, it was a lot of, I found it a lot on Instagram, specifically Instagram stories is where people would post because nobody wants to post a, a picture of, you know, somebody wearing a mask. But it was like, you know, clips of different accounts. Like I mentioned the Johns Hopkins School of Public Health. My sister went to Johns Hopkins. So she ended up posting one of the videos that they had created. And it was like a trendy thing about like, it was like a remix to a song about wearing a mask and it was like a really popular song at the time. And so I found that it was a lot on Instagram specifically. And even like I I am on Facebook also, but even on Facebook too, when there's posts about COVID, even if it's like somebody's making a joke about COVID or even if they're like, you know, making a meme or something, they'll have usually a link that has like the little eye for the information. And it'll be like, for more information, please visit this, which I thought was actually really creative that they were, you know, even though there's a slight mention of COVID, they're still adding those sources like 
don't believe everything you see on the internet, please go to the original source. And so that's kind of what I found was that, you know, people were posting about it and whatnot. But I feel like the main thing I saw was just, you know, oh, I don't know who's famous, Cardi B or something. Oh, she's wearing a mask that matches her outfit. Like everybody go buy these masks or, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know famous people, but whatever. Somebody, some famous person, you know, wearing a mask, like they're doing it, you know, let's all post what they're doing. And then through that, it just, you know, it's kind of like a chain reaction. Yeah. To go off that Facebook thing a little bit, I, you know, you saw the, like swallow the bleach, take the UV light, you know, from like politicians that we heard that was a scary time. And what the Facebook actually started to do is they put the like maybe false information tab. Like, and so I was like, okay, good. Like, this is a good thing to have because that's so dangerous for people to be thinking this is okay. Because I know there's a lot of people that let that spread because that's what they immediately think. And so it's, that was so good that they started doing that. I mean, I even got flagged one time for that. I was like, oh no. It was just, I had like a little bit of the information was, it was like a Twitter post that was just slightly off. They were like, hey, this is not accurate anymore. I was like, wow, look at you guys go. Like, I was impressed. Mostly for me, I get, like, a negative, like, sort of effect of social media and COVID, especially with celebrities, because they, like, say one thing, and then, like, when I look on social media, there's always, like, these, these like, thing, news sources that are, like, saying, oh, James Charles and Charlie D'Amelio went to a COVID party without wearing masks, and they're, and then the, and then James Charles is like, oh, I got tested before and tested negative. Who cares? It's still COVID. It's, there's still, you could still have a false negative and be asymptomatic. That you always have to wear a mask, even because like you could like, you could get someone seriously sick. You can like, even like, cause someone's death so I always I don't like looking at social media with COVID because I always like to see the negative side of COVID and all these stupid people doing stupid things and it's just so infuriating like seeing people on Snapchat like going on parties and stuff I'm like oh my god you're so stupid (laughs) it's like oh my gosh so in conclusion social media I don't like looking at it for COVID well, I think that you guys have given a really nice sense of the span of mental health reactions we can have to social media. On the one hand, it can be a terribly scary place that is just not where your mind wants to be during COVID. And on the other, it can provide kind of meaningful interaction with stuff that seems to be true or fun memes that actually help us remember to do the right thing. So in other words, uh, words, social media is a microcosm of the world itself in some ways, if a very flawed one. But I think that I really want to ask you guys two extremely big questions about your experiences of thinking holistically over the past year. Um, And the first one is this. So if you had to name the biggest single shift in the way that our culture talked about COVID between, let's say, May 2020 and now, what would it be? And by culture, you can go anywhere um, from nightly news to posters you saw on campus to social media. So I feel like before when everything started to like come out and we started to realize like this was going to be very serious, there was a lot of like fear and a lot of like okay, we actually will stay home. I mean, there was always those people that would wouldn't wear their mask and stuff, but 
for the most part, people were taking it seriously. And I feel like over time, like, so many people have just been like, well, it's like, it's over. Like, I'm over it. And they just decided, like, I'm done. And they just go and do their James Charles thing. Or they go and do their, I'm pretty sure, like, Kylie Jenner went on vacation and was like, finally, flight and stuff. Like, not okay. You know, like, people just decided, I'm just going to go to a restaurant. I'm going to start partying. I'm going to do all this stuff. It's, It's just not over yet. And I feel like that change in culture is like, well, I just want to be happy. And everyone does. It's been a hard time. But at the same time, it's like we have to realize, like, it's not over. And, like, just because the news, you're not watching the news every night doesn't mean it went away. It's still around. And I feel like that is a, what happened for a lot of people. They were just like, well, I don't get it. Like, this this is too much, that kind of thing, which is upsetting. Yeah, I... I'm not, I don't disagree with that because I think it's true. There are a lot of people that, you know, now are just like, you know, ah, it doesn't exist. Like whatever, let's go visit our grandparents and like call it a day and whatnot. But I think that before when everything happened, I, I still think there's a fear factor now. I actually think there's more of a fear factor now because they now have these death rates and they now have all this, you know, information about it that they are putting out there and trying to, you know, instill this fear, which is understandable. But I think a lot of people also, like, sometimes forget and are, you know, not necessarily the most educated on it. Because at the beginning, like we said, we don't know anything. We didn't know what was happening. People are dying. And, you know, there's this new virus that's going around. And, you know, Dr. Fauci said, you know, don't wear a mask. And I said, wear a mask. And everybody's like, well, why would you say one thing and not the other? And I think a, a lot of people are just super impatient because they are just expecting, I think in today's day and age, you know, you open up your laptop, it takes you approximately 0.2 seconds to log in, and you're already on a web page, and you're probably looking at the definition of hypovolemia. I don't know. But there's just so many things that we're just so used to, like, instant, you know, gratification, instant results. And with this COVID, they're like, okay, well, give me an answer. Like, give me, you know, what is this? I, I need to know. And so it takes time, and especially in the medical field, nobody wants to come out and be like, this is wrong, you know, <laughs> or I was wrong and this is actually the right thing. Um, but that happens sometimes. And, but I think people forget some like the way that, you know, COVID is spread for those that, that do know, you know, it is a drop in infection. So in order for you to actively get COVID, you have to literally inhale it, which is why you would wear the mask. I think that, you know, it's like people were like, oh, well, what if I just like wash my hands? Like, or like doctors, I would come home and take off all their scrubs and go shower. Like, there was just a lot of confusing information about how this is spread and what we could do to fix it and whatnot. And so I think that once travel opened up a little bit and people kind of started realizing it, and even airlines realized, you know, okay, let's filter this air. I think it's said that, and don't quote me on this, but something like air, airplanes are actually some of the safest places to be right now because you are, they infect, disinfected every single flight. They have the air that's filtered. Some airlines try to social distance, not all of them, which we're not the biggest fans of those that aren't trying to social distance. But there's just, I think before it was so much unknown and everybody was just going off one, like Dr. Fauci would say one thing and that was it. And at that time it was like, that was it. But it's been going on for almost a year now and we have all this new information. And yes, it's, it is terrifying. And yes, you know, it's, I'm scared all the time for my grandparents and even, you know, my older family members. I don't obviously want them to pass away, but it's just knowing like, okay, if, for example, I were to go out to eat, what is the best way for me to approach the situation? We now have information about that. And so I think the culture has shifted because 
we are more knowledgeable about it, that we can, uh, if we're smart, if we're smart about it, you know, let's, let me just be clear, not like walking into restaurants mask-free, like the whole world is fine. But if you're smart about it and you're doing your part, like that's, I think, why the culture has shifted, just because now there's more knowledge and people did get tired. We were inside for, I don't even know how long, but felt like eternity. I feel like we've been in March 2020 since March 2020. And so I just think that that's kind of the way that the culture had shifted was just our increase of knowledge about this and the way that we're learning. You know, we don't need to do this certain thing, but we need to do this and we need to do that. And everybody's taking everything with a little grain of salt. I remember when Maya was first getting worried about COVID. I was like, I wasn't really worried about it. I was like thinking, oh, it's just the flu. And I, and I'm like, I don't care. Um, I remembered I was like, I was actually visiting my um, grandma in Oregon and we during spring break and all this thing is on, and she watches the news a lot. So I was like thinking, oh, so much things are happening right now. And I'm not sure if I'm going to am able to go back to school after this. So it's like, and I was like, at that moment, I was like, I don't, I didn't know what to do. I I was like confused and then like more and more information started coming out and I was like, huh, so this is seeing like the death rates and all that. I'm like, this really is serious and I definitely need to take this serious because like after I got home, I was like, this is definitely serious. Even though I had a terrible time doing online second semester freshman year, I knew that I had to do it because because we just didn't know how it's really spread. So they thought the good thing was is to bring take everybody home, but it didn't work out for our mental health. And now they're just trying to do some sort of compromise by having social distancing and wearing masks while in class. I just know that my view on this disease has definitely changed over time over the past 10 months i'm glad it's changed because i do not want to be one of those thinking that it's just the flu yeah and jonathan your last comments actually provide a really nice segue into something that is, well, if the last question was a broader cultural one, this one is much closer to home. By far, the institution that you guys have had the most interaction with in its COVID messaging has been Marquette itself. And so I want to ask you guys as our kind of final topic, how would you rate Marquette's communication to students about COVID over the past 10 months? Has it changed? What did Marquette do well and what were the most useful aspects of its communication strategy? What did Marquette do poorly? And what did you feel you wanted to know more about? And has the approach that Marquette has taken, does it feel like it has shifted over the past 10 months? And if so, how? That's an awful lot of questions. Feel free to answer whichever one of them most appeals to you. I think that Marquette did the, I mean, I think everybody can always do better. I don't think anything's perfect in this world. But I do think that Marquette tried their best to, you know, inform us. You know, they they keep us updated on what's going on with COVID for the most part. They tend to wait to the very last second to let us know things, (laughs) which is fine in a sense that I'm like okay at least they're like waiting till that moment and not like there's some schools in California that went automatically online virtual like 
for second semester at the very start of like the first semester. And so it just was like so far in advance. It's like, you actually don't know where the world is going to be. As we know, things can change literally overnight. And so I do appreciate that Marquette kind of took the time to see where things were going and what and whatnot, but then also doesn't give us very much time in case our, our situations do change. But I think that they tried to put a lot of emphasis on our, our self-responsibility for it. And I think a lot of people had problems with that because they were like, ah, Marquette's not doing enough and Marquette's, you know, not doing this and and whatever. And I'm like, you literally get a daily COVID check where you have to fill out like that is it takes you 30 seconds, maybe, maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little bit less to fill out a daily COVID check. They, you know, use those records for things. And it's important that you're honest with them because yeah, of course they're not, you know, going to check every single person, but that's your own personal responsibility. And I think a lot of COVID has become, you know, recognizing what it is that you're responsible for and recognizing how your actions are going to affect another human being's life not just affect you know like oh if i you know accidentally you know bump into you while we're walking on campus like aha you're fine you'll get over it in 30 seconds but oh sorry i gave you covid and you also have cancer or oh i gave you covid and now you have an underlying disease you didn't know about so you're dead is just like you know it, it's a lot of recognizing that personal responsibility and i think marquette did a, a good job of trying to bring that you know to have people be responsible for themselves their messaging approach at the beginning of the semester, first semester, I think they they are the people that have the fine print that is not posted. The fine print that's the same color as the background, I like to say, because it's just not there. Um, and there were times where they were like, free COVID testing, and the fine print was, actually, you need to have symptoms, and you need to do this, and you need to, you know, you know be in contact with this person, and oh, psych, you want to be tested because you think you were in contact? Well, that sucks, like, we need, you know, that record. And it just was like, okay, so you're actually not giving me free testing. And even like, I, I know a, a couple graduate students who wanted to get COVID tested, but they like didn't meet the requirements because they weren't like full-time graduate students and, and all these little details that at, at the end of the day, it's like, actually, we're only gonna test a certain amount of people because you know, that's, I guess all we have for, I actually have no idea because I couldn't tell you because all the signs said it was free testing. And I, and now they've said for this semester, you know, they're doing random testing. And I actually had a friend who was selected for random testing. And so he was like, yeah, I went in and, you know, I had to get COVID tested, which I think is, is a, a good approach because they're trying to find people that are asymptomatic and also just getting people regularly tested for COVID, I think is a good idea, of course. From what I've gotten from this, like the Marquette's COVID messaging, I would rate it like a six out of 10. They were really good with like the posters and all that and like the COVID check, but the lack of enforcement is the thing that frustrated me the most. That was like the biggest thing for me because like it really depends on like where you lived and like, and like seeing like living in the commons and like seeing all these groups of people like crowding up in like the movie theater or like the screening area and it's like they're all close together not wearing masks and it's like and then there's like the front desk for my tower just right over there and they're not even doing anything and it's just like <sighs> and it's also so frustrating because you're supposed you're supposed to make sure that like the people are actually like following these like guidelines and rules these things so that no more people get sick but like they don't even care if there's like 
a party that I'm like one of the fraternities. They don't even look. They don't care. Because, like, because you see, like, all the time, like, people's Snapchat and Instagram stories or posts that they would, like, go to, like, some sort of party and not wear masks or, like, or not in their picture. They'll have masks, but then take it off right after the photo. So that's, like, I know. I'm just blaming people. I just know Marquette's um, technique on self, like, self-assessment and stuff is a good idea, I believe. Yeah, it is good, but... It's just there's a lot of people that definitely need that enforcement because they're because they think it's like, oh, it's over. Oh, I'm young. I can get over it. (laughs) That's just the thing that just frustrates me the most. And like, so like, that's why I gave Marquette a six out of ten, because mostly due to lack of enforcement. I would say. Marquette just made a lot of promises that they couldn't keep. And, like, I agree with Georgia. Like, they said, you're going to be able to do this and have your tests and all that. But even if your roommate has COVID, we're not going to test you. Or Like, that happened to one of my classmates last semester where she was like, I don't understand. I'm in the exact same room as her. I'm exposed. Well, we didn't track that or something, and you can't have it. Or even just the part where they started with all the professors just trying to get rid of everyone and how we were trying to fight that. Like, I get the budget. I get we don't have a lot of money coming in from people leaving, transferring, that kind of thing. But I just think it's, like, not okay for them just to let all these people go when that's their main source of income. We're all going through a pandemic. We all are struggling, and there's people being evicted. There's people going through a lot of things right now. So for Marquette to just, like, do that to people with their Jesuit values, that really upset me. That was like, why don't you keep your promises and like show who you are? Cause that's what you want us to be. Like you should be the difference too, in a way. Like that was the biggest thing for me. That's why I didn't agree. Yeah, I didn't agree with all the things that they were doing about that. It was just not okay. But otherwise like, you know, Jonathan said like the parties, the police don't do anything. It's upsetting to see, but at the same time, there are a lot of people that are making it through, and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, and at least we're here. Like, I'm glad we got to come back to school, because my parents don't like me that much, and we would have fought every single day. Like, I already know, <laughs> but it's it's nice to be here, be in my own space, do my thing. Like, that's, I'm glad we got to come back. That was the biggest thing I was so excited about, and I still am. Like, it's great to be back. But yeah, I just think they the promises they gave weren't what they showed, weren't what they've done. And that was the biggest thing for me. And that's why I wouldn't rate them very high. Yeah, I also remember what I was going to say, but it actually goes kind of along with what everybody's been saying, you know. There's been a whole lot that Marquette hasn't been doing well. And I, I also think part of that is because, and I'm really trying not to offend anybody here, but everybody, I think, a lot of people in this world are greedy in finances and, and, you know, everybody wants money. And I find that my biggest problem has been the fact that I know athletes who are, oh, I have to get tested three times a week. Oh, I have to do this because we have practice and we have workouts. And I'm like, okay, sure. Because, you know, yeah, you have maybe a game to go to. Okay. You know, I don't really know why, I don't do people run track in the winter here, 
I personally didn't, I don't, I don't know if people run in nine degree weather. Um, if they do, I'm a little concerned for their lungs, but that's beside the point. It just is, there's so many questions that I was like, you are, so you don't have enough testing for every average student. You don't have enough testing for the students that come here because you have a good nursing school. You don't have average testing for the students that are here because you know they're DPT or people that are PA, healthcare professionals. You don't have enough testing for just average students that are in the business school. But the athletes, you know, geez, you know, we have to make sure that the athletes are COVID free because you know they have to go to practice and they have to do this. And I like, and I understand. I think part of the reason is obviously you know they're bringing in money, which I understand. But then that's just because, and then, sorry, that just becomes that you're putting your money above your other students. And that's why I I think like, yes, I hate that people are going out partying. I'm like, you guys, it's a Saturday night. Like you can, you can spend a semester not going out. I think it's okay. I did it multiple times. So you'll be fine. But at the same time, it's Marquette's not holding us accountable because they also in my opinion, it's like they don't care. It's like we're not good enough because we're not bringing in enough money for them. At least that's kind of the way that I see it is it just is infuriating that these athletes are getting, you know, this kind of special treatment. And also, we don't even like basketball, for example. They didn't even know if they were going to have a season until like, what, November or something like, in, you know, or I see, I just heard a girl that she was wearing like a track and field jacket and she was like, yeah, we have to get tested three times a week. And we started practicing like in a, in a week or something like that. And I was like practicing for, are like, are there track meets now? Like if the world is, I, it seems like the world is opening back up. I don't know. But if it is like, let's also get everybody else tested. Like we are, we are not less just because we aren't bringing in as much money as maybe you would like, you know what I mean? So that's like, for me, it just was, it just, like I said, so infuriating that this has become an issue of like, we are going to put our money above you, above the average student, which is most of the school, because I find that the only sport that probably brings in enough money is basketball. And, you know, they're, they're doing their business. They're going on trips. They just went to Providence to play and they just got back spending their time in hotels you know, taking planes and, and whatnot. And we all see it on social media. They post about it. I, you know, talk to people on the basketball team. They're like, yeah, you know, we just got to go back to our hotel for the game and whatnot. Or, oh, we're going out to this because they're giving us food and we just got brand new shoes and all this stuff. And, and like, I, I understand, you know, yes, they're bringing in the money, but this is not a normal time. So let's, let's maybe focus that energy on keeping, you know, our campus safe and our students safe and our student body, making sure that at some point we can go back in person because as a nursing major, it's really frustrating that my lab has to be virtual, that I have, you know, I'm, I'm in person for maybe part of the week or part of the semester, but the other part is virtual. I, I don't, what do you want me to do? Learn how to put an IV in on my virtual patient? I don't even, I can't do that. You want me to go into a clinical setting and not have absolutely no idea what I'm doing? It just, it just really upsets me that those are values that are placed above, you know, other people that are actually here because they want to, they want to take advantage of the education that Marquette has given them and that Marquette has, and we can't even do that because we don't play sports. So that's my rant. 
Well, I think that that will lead me into a final question, because it seems that all three of you have a different set of frustrations with some of the things. And I do recognize that you have also approved of some of the things that Marquette has done, but also have a number of, fr of frustrations. So as students of Marquette, if you had to make one recommendation or make one request of um, the upper administrators of Marquette, the folks who are controlling things, what would it be and why? I mean, I should say a recommendation related to how Marquette handles COVID. So what would your one piece of advice be? I would say just reprimand the people that are not following the rules. Like there need to be consequences for your actions. And I feel like they need to start doing something about it. Like my friend is an RA and they really have started to crack down a little bit more at commons by giving like they just write you up now. They don't give you a warning. Because before, if there were a ton of people in a room, they'd be like, well, everyone has to get out. This is your warning. But now they're like, no, which I like to see that. You know, like, I wish we saw that more. Like, we need to start putting this into place if it's going to get better. Like, that has to happen. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think people need to be a little bit more on, okay, we have an entire police department, literally for Marquette University. We can use them. <laughs> they can go out. It's not I'm, It's not hard to find a party. We were all freshmen once. But I think, like, for me also, it would be to, like, I, I don't even know how to word this, but it just, it aggravates me that I know people that are, again, not trying to offend anybody, but people that are history majors or, you know, classes where they're like, yes, I, I spend time reading all the time. I'm an economics major. And all of their classes are in person. It's, you know, all these things of like, well, we actually can't have all in-person classes except, you know, sorry that there's five people that are history majors and they can all go to class together. But can we maybe like, I would just recommend Marquette, you know, try to do something where, you know, if you have a lab, because I know people that are like in chem labs that are like, oh, it's online. And I'm like, great. So you're not learning anything either. Just try to find a way to, to suit those students so that they can also have the experience that they deserve because it infuriates me that my parents pay money for me to go to school here because of the nursing program and I don't even get the benefits of the nursing program. I simply do not. It just is, you know, my advice would be if whatever it's going to take for you to be like, yes, you guys can go into lab every week. Why don't you give me a COVID test every week? If it comes back negative, great. I get to go to lab. If it's positive, great. I stay home, you know, do something to maximize. And I, maybe that's asking a lot. I, I, don't know. I'm not an administrative person. I probably never will be. But just, you know, try to do something to help benefit everybody's education. Because if there are people that I know that are sitting in a class, I even I have my mental health professor, we all went to class, they had split it up hybrid, you know, A through K or whatever, and then L through something or whatever. And she goes, we all sit in class and she's like, um, there's plenty of room for all of you guys to like every single person in this class to be in this room, social distance and wearing a mask. So she was like, you can come in both days. And I just wish that Marquette normalized that. Like, okay, if other people, you know, if you're already having classes like that, let's focus on the people that actually need that hands-on experience, in my opinion, and, and make them worth the money. Because if not, you're just taking money and that I don't even get. Like I pay extra money for lab fees that I don't even get to use. So that just... For me, that would be my recommendation. And also to treat everybody, every single person on the Eagle playing field. What I recommend that Marquette would do is, like, along the lines of, like, Maggie and Giorgio, I think it would probably be, like, well, like, I, I like enforcement, reprimanding, and, like, discipline. That's what I 
need, especially because like if they actually get disciplined, they would they won't do it again. That's that's usually how things work if you are told not to do it and like um and you get something like a punishment, then you'll probably most likely won't do it again. Also, like I remember taking chemistry lab last year and it was completely online. I hated it. And also <laughs> and I always hate like completely online classes unless they're like project based. Those are like you can do whatever you want and they're doing two weeks. That's fine. That's easy. I can do that. But with like things that like require so many lectures like and you have to go through step by step and all that stuff. You really can do it online well because you real like me personally, I definitely need that like in person touch real experience because like if I'm at home doing like a like a differential equations class, I wouldn't I wouldn't know what I was doing. I would be so confused. I wouldn't know what to do. And that's why it was freshman year. I didn't know what to do in any of my classes. And like having all these classes online was just really frustrating. And I just know that um, I know Marquette can't really do anything about like the big like hundred some big classes. And like also if they like split up those big classes into in-person lectures, there'd be classes like as early as like 7 a.m. to like 9 or 10 at night. So I don't think that would be the best idea either. I know that because well, like it's just because you have to divide up like 12,000 students and like a lot of them, some of the most popular majors, nursing included, like PA and all those stuff. Those are like huge majors with like so many people. And they and like I've heard that they're like all like online and stuff. And like my major is like half and half civil, half and half because my major is about 60 people. I don't know what to recommend, Marquette. Well, like, I know reprimanding, like, reprimanding act, dis, um, disciplinary acts, reprimanding party going, breaking uh, social distancing and mask wearing rules, and that type of thing. But, like, I just know that there's some things that don't have a solution unless everybody gets, like, their vaccinations. That's it. That's all I'd say. Thank you guys all so much. So it sounds like the kind of cluster of recommendations that you would give Marquette are treat all students equally, try to give priority to in-person classes that need to be in person because it's tactile learning like a clinical, and think about the way that we allocate money to sports, especially during COVID, and the way that those students get treated differently from other students. I'm, as the you know, the person who is asking the questions, I want to keep mostly out of it, but I do definitely co-sign the testing everybody thing. I hope that that becomes feasible and is implemented as quickly as possible, giving anyone who wants one a COVID test. But thank you all so very much for speaking on this episode of COVID Conversations, and I wish all of us the best in this spring 2021 term. Hopefully this will be the last one where we're facing conditions like these. Fingers crossed, everyone. Thank you much, and have a lovely afternoon, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of COVID Convos. 
you can learn more about this podcast and the research being done at Marquette University by visiting the Research and Innovation website at marquette.edu. You can reach the podcast via email at covidconvos at marquette.edu. Music for this episode is Phase 2 by Zylo Psycho.